in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. The Big 12 has sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN. The Big 12 has accused ESPN of basically conspiring with the American Athletic Conference to poach the rest of the members, basically saying that ESPN is trying to cause the Big 12 to fall apart and is trying to financially gain from it by putting the teams in the AAC and getting a better conference that the that ESPN has television rights to. Uh, the letter they sent demanded that ESPN end all actions that may harm the conference and its members and that it not communicate with the Big 12 Conference's existing members. I feel like Bowlesby and the Big 12 are right, but I also feel like there's nothing they're going to be able to do about this. I love that what the Big 12 has gone from is a conference trying to figure out if it can get a second team in national title contention with Texas joining Oklahoma to now trying to fight to keep its members from going to the <laughs> A-freaking-A-C. That's how far it's fallen, and that's how fast it's fallen from the Big 12. The other thought that immediately popped to mind, Tyler, is that Bob Bowlesby better have receipts. He better have some emails. He better have some phone records. He better have gone full super sleuth on this thing to go after ESPN because a year from now, ESPN will still be way bigger and way more important than whatever the Big 12 will be. He has to, right? I mean, you you can't come out. I mean, he was all over the place. He talked to every media outlet he could find yesterday. He has to have some form, some form of proof, right? Otherwise, he can't go on that scorched earth, earth of a path. I have to believe so. Uh, but look, I get it. It's a conference commissioner's job to fight for that conference. Um, Tyler, what can the Big 12 do that is still going to make this a conference anybody cares about in the long term? Right, I mean, they no longer have a flagship football program, and your flagship basketball program can't play football in the slightest. <laughs> I love the imp the implication they just can't play the sport; it's just impossible. Um, no, 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 they cannot at all. I, I don't, I don't know what you do because nobody's leaving to come to the Big Twelve that would make. A difference in the in the sport of football and hell from the sounds of it it apparently is more likely their schools leave to go to the AAC than they're able to poach schools from the AAC so if you're the big 12 I I don't know what you like they're in a horrific position where they kind of just have to hold on and hope that whatever Oklahoma State or Baylor is good because this isn't like Oklahoma and Texas are the two biggest names and they're the most recent ones but this is, is not just about Oklahoma and Texas. This is a conference that, what, six years ago lost Nebraska and Texas A&M and Colorado. And, like, if, the, if those three schools had stayed, not that Nebraska has been good recently and not that Texas A&M has, like, the greatest history, but you could see, you could say, okay, those three schools have a chance. Those three schools are a little bit more legitimate to make the Big 12 and, and kind of stay as a power conference. But when you don't even have those and now you're dropping down to Oklahoma State and Baylor as your next best football programs, it's, yeah, I, 
it's a it's a doomed conference. Like their best bet is to hold on to who they have, poach somebody from the AAC or the Mountain West, and sort of just be the fifth best conference. But you're not really a power conference anymore. Really, when you look at what you just said, it's about AM. That really is sort of the canary in the coal mine on this conference is that AM is a real power when it comes to football. It is, it is a consistent top 20, top 15 program. And a team that more important to what we're talking about here can be a top five, top 10 program. And that's the difference. Oklahoma State and Baylor hang around that 15 to 20 range all the time, too. But do you ever really believe either of those teams is going to be a serious CFP contender? No. And it's not going to change. Like Oklahoma State has done everything you can do. T Boone Pickens took wheelbarrows of cash and threw it into that program. And that, that has made them consistently good, but it has never made them great. So I don't see what the future is for the Big 12 beyond becoming like the AAC. So essentially, you're talking about going and creating a super AAC, right? Like every <laughs> fringy college football program that we yell about should have a chance to be the number four team in the CFP before they go lose to someone like Iowa State in week number 11. So, you know, it's doomed in that way. Do you go create a basketball super conference? Yeah, go for it. But that doesn't mean anything to anybody. It's all about football. Okay, so if they if they poach UCF, USF, Houston, Coastal Carolina, Cincinnati, Memphis, or something like that, can they rebrand and call themselves the Big AAC or the Big American? How about the Big American Conference? That's what I want. I, them to I, you know what? I actually love the idea of calling it the Big American. <laughs> like that feels like something that would show up on the Japanese version of a McDonald's menu. That's all. Right? Uh, yes. Come get the Big American. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. Adam Candy. That doesn't make me feel good, Jared. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. The Seattle Kraken signed Philip Grubauer for six years at $5.9 million. That is the Colorado Avalanche, or was the Colorado Avalanche, starting goaltender. He's gone, and it put the Avalanche in possibly a state of panic because they sent a first-round pick to Arizona to get Darcy Kemper. Um, my only disappointment in this is that Colorado did not find a way to get Marc-Andre Fleury from the Chicago Blackhawks. That is highly disappointing. Uh, first of all, Darcy Kemper is a better goaltender than Philip Grubauer. So this is an upgrade for Colorado. Uh, second of all, I am very disappointed that skinny Jesse Granger is not going to be one of the rivals of the Vegas Golden Knights anymore. That feels like something that that we shouldn't have lost. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't think Seattle's going to be a rival? They're going to be the yeah. se- they might be the second best team in the division despite their GM kind of screwing up the expansion draft. Here's the one yeah, Here's the one thing you can say for Seattle. Whereas the Vegas Golden Knights came into the league and probably instantly gave themselves the worst logo in jerseys, maybe in all professional sports. Uh, here we have the Seattle Kraken who have come in with the universal most respected sweater in all of hockey. Oh, it's great. It's a, it's a, their primary logo is great. Their secondary logo is great. Everything about their brand is great. The expansion draft was a nightmare. Well, no one was going to get fooled again after what George McPhee did to the league. I don't care about him. Next question. Uh, Tomas Nosek signed with the Bruins, a two-year deal. He's going to get $1.75 million per year. 
They also signed Eric Howlett to a two-year deal worth uh, over $2 million per year. The Bruins are finally going to get over the hump and win the Stanley Cup with cast-offs from the Golden Knights. <laughs> Tomasz Nosek is that player that I watch and I like, and I keep thinking, like, why would you get rid of him? And then I look at the numbers, and I'm like, Ew. oh, your advanced numbers are not good at all. Um, and I guess... For the Golden Knights, uh, you don't need anybody to, to hold that fourth line together anymore. Or maybe, maybe you just think you can throw Colasar and Reeves out there together for a whole season? I want to blame all of Noshik's bad analytics on Ryan Reeves. I, you're not going to find any argument here. <laughs> Next question. The United States plays Cutter in the Gold Cup semifinal today. Mexico-Canada is in the other semifinal the final of this tournament is in Vegas on Sunday. I have tickets for it. Do you know how much of a nightmare this is going to be if Canada and Cutter win? The other nightmare that you're going to face is if it's U.S.-Mexico, you're never getting out of that stadium alive. Uh, fully prepared. I fully prepared for 75 85% Mexico fans in Allegiant Stadium for that game. And I'm re I, I can't wait. How are you, a man who makes me look bulky, prepared? Well, I don't know. I'm not, not prepared to I'm fight. I'm just saying for I'm your a, physical yeah, safety. Oh, I, my phys I have no, 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 not prepared for my physical safety. I'm prepared to enjoy uh, as much of the soccer game as I'm allowed to enjoy before it's over. Before before the players have to be taken off the field because they started a homophobic chant. Uh, oh, oh, Jared, you act like that's worse than throwing bags of urine. Yeah, not at me, though, hopefully. Um, Adam, in, in a three-day span... I am hopefully going to be going to U.S. Mexico to Legion Stadium and then going to Dodger Stadium wearing an Astros shirt. Where do you think you're in more danger? Um, that is a good question. Uh, probably Allegiant Stadium. Yep, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, I, I think that there's a level that you can probably relate to the Dodgers fans on one way or the other. I think like th they'll get that vitriol out on you quickly. Um, and by the way, I have been uh, I have been spit on in Dodger Stadium before, so don't think you're getting out of this like <laughs> without any harm whatsoever. But I do think that uh, the L3 fans are probably more a threat to just stampede you if they win that game. So should I wear like the face shield thing to Dodger Stadium, not for COVID, but to prevent spit from getting on my face? Well, it was spit from from uh, from a level above. Uh, oh, it was being spit on from the upper deck and then mustard bombed uh, from the upper deck. Okay, so that won't be fun. All right, I'm gonna have a good three days. Wow, sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. The number one recruit in the 2022 class, Quinn Ewers, may skip his senior season of high school. He's a quarterback. He would go in this scenario. He would go just straight to Ohio State. And the reason that he's giving is because in Texas, high school athletes are not allowed to make money off their name, image, and likeness. But if he goes to Ohio State, he can potentially make. The story said seven figures on his name, image, and likeness at Ohio State. How quickly does this rule change in Texas that high school players can't benefit off their name, image, and likeness if he does, in fact, leave? I love everything about this story. Everything. Every little moment of Texas having a regressive law on NIL, of a college football player becoming a college football player while he's still in high school. Um, 
I love the fact that NIL is now forcing everyone to rethink the way they do these things. Uh, I, I love everything about this. There's no way that this story makes me upset. I love how uncomfortable it's making college football coaches. I love the fact that players who have never seen the field before can make millions of dollars. It is just making up for so much lost time. Which which coach was complaining that Alabama's quarterback, who hasn't played a snap yet, has made almost a million dollars? Uh was it Lane Kiffin or Steve Sarkeesian? It was someone who used to be at the school. I can't remember which coach it was. Oh, it was David Shaw. David Shaw. Oh, 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 yes. A school with a billion-dollar endowment. <laughs> Tell me all about it, Stanford. Tell me all about it. A school that could afford to send every student through school for free. Tell me all about the problems. <laughs> all right, coming up next, we'll get into the Raiders because... They've got two running backs who were not at practice yesterday and are not at practice today either. I consider myself a versatile player, so whatever role the team needs me to play, that's what I want to play. Um, I've obviously played outside, um, and then in this system with Coach uh, Norton, we had a different alignments. We had man alignments, so essentially the wheel could be playing Mike and the Mike could be playing Will. So we kind of, I've kind of done um, all of it really, and so I'm just whatever the, whatever the defense needs me to do, that's what I'm willing to do, and whatever role I have, I accept it. That was Nicholas Morrow talking about doing whatever is asked of him. Uh, do you think he'll be asked to play backup running back? Because Jalen Richard and Theo Riddick were not at practice yesterday uh, because of COVID protocols. Uh, we know Jalen Richard is an anti-vaxxer. Even before COVID, he was an anti-vaxxer. But also, Tashawn Reed tweeted out, the, running, the Raiders have two running backs filling in for Theo Riddick and Jalen Richard today who aren't even listed on the roster, have no idea who they are, but they have number 37 and 39 on. Uh, do you think one of those is Nicholas Morrow who changed his jersey number to play running back? I think one of them is John Gruden, who the <laughs> official Raiders Twitter account was actually joking about we have a new running back showing Gruden run the ball through camp. It was kind of hilarious. Um and also, uh, are, we, are, are we not mentioning Kenyon Drake being on the non-football injury list? But he's he's there. We, he's at practice again for the second day. He's just working in a different place. But yes, that would, you know, help them when they only have. Is Josh Jacobs the only actual running back they have? Maybe this whole thing, the whole offseason, was just a big ruse. Maybe the whole idea was always for Josh Jacobs to be the only running back. Oh. So they, they went and got Kenyon Drake to be the Joker, but not really to be the Joker because it's just going to be Josh Jacobs getting oh. 27 carries a game. What do you do with the new deck? You take the Joker and you throw it away. You do? Well, it doesn't serve any purpose. You just set it to the side. That is a good point. You should throw it away. What do you use the Joker for? Oh, well, apparently in this offense, nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the Raiders running backs, but uh, they got two out on the COVID list right now. And Kenyon Drake is hurt. Uh, I, by the way, I think one of my favorite phrases is the non-football injury list, just because of how like ominous and irresponsible it sounds. Like, yeah, this moron got hurt not playing football. And realistically, it's probably just a workout injury yeah. from from some yeah. point. But what I love is that it puts like John Smoltz putting a hot iron onto his shirt yes. while he was wearing it into play. <laughs> yes. Like that, like it's a non-football injury. This guy got hurt doing something ridiculous. Like one of my favorite is Carlos Correa got a rib broken while getting a massage. Wow. All right. Look, I've had some deep tissue massage before, but <laughs> what exactly was Carlos? Like is Carlos Correa requesting some sort of linebacker to be jamming his elbow into his ribs? What the heck happened? 
Is anyone going to mention that Sammy Sosa threw out his back sneezing? <laughs> there are lots of things we can mention about Sammy Sosa, but yeah. Um, can you drink on the injury list? Violent sneeze. Um, so something else with the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr, he talked to the Athletic uh, before his media availability and he said something interesting about basically his contract situation. He's got two years left on it. Basically, he's got a, just a little bit of guaranteed money. So it's basically a pay-as-you-go situation for the Raiders. This is what Derek Carr had to say about his current contract situation and thinking about that extension. Not at all. I know that Coach Gruden and Mayock and my agent have talked about those things and they have a plan. Obviously, I don't share anything like that. And I have told my agent, honestly, whether it's now or next year or whenever they want to do it, I really don't care. I want to win the Super Bowl. That's why I signed to stay here. That's why if I sign again, it's to stay here because I want to win here. If you're Derek Carr, I think it's a pretty clear lie that he doesn't care about what his next contract is and that he just wants to win. But if you're Derek Carr, should he this year have asked for or tried to get an extension out of the Raiders? Oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, considering what the fire and smoke have been of rumors of Derek Carr being moved out of this organization, whether it's Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or anybody else. No, I, on his end of it, he and his agent can't play the game that way. No, I mean, to me, it feels like Derek Carr's best plan is to run out the clock on other options for this organization at quarterback to where they look and say, Derek Carr is our best option at quarterback. And I'll be clear. I've been clear about this for four years as we talked about it. I think you can win with Derek Carr at quarterback. But right now, to to force the issue, no. Uh, what would be the point? What would be the point? Because I don't think that Derek Carr is going to have that kind of value on the market, especially in a year when Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson and maybe even Russell Wilson were theoretically on the trade market. So Aaron, or excuse me, Derek Carr is 30 years old right now. If he plays out this contract, and becomes a free agent, he would be 32 years old. Does Derek Carr get a good, lucrative contract at 32 years old if, if the Raiders move on from him when it ends? You uh, you see him, the guy in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Like, I think Kirk Cousins is yeah. the reasonable comp, don't you? Okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins, a guy who, yes, had to come on a little bit later in his career to get to this point, um, was slightly younger when he signed the deal at 30 years old, but... You know, I don't think it's unreasonable at all to think Derek Carr could get, let's say, three years of good money from someone if if that's the age he hits free agency at. And and the reason I ask that because if you're Derek Carr, like the reason you would want an extension right now is to have that another contract to have another contract that says yes, you're getting paid this money, and especially if you can get guaranteed money off of it. But if he and his agent are confident that if he hits free agency he's going to be able to make that big salary again. He's going to be able to get another big contract. Then there really is no reason to want to get an extension with the Raiders unless what he's saying is true about wanting to win here. Like if he wants to stay with the Raiders, then obviously he should want an extension here. But if he doesn't really care about where he's doing it, then there is no reason for him to chase an extension if he's confident he can get that big deal from another team in a year or two years, whenever that happens. And look, he uh, honestly... I if there's a guy out there where I believe he moved the family here, he wants to raise the family here. Like if I, if there's a guy out there where I believe all of that, I believe it with Derek Carr. Uh, he does seem to have that kind of value in his personal life of where he is and what he wants to do. So 
you know, ultimately, I, I, I believe Derek Carr when he says he wants to stay here. What I'm kind of fascinated by is the idea of him saying to his agent, well, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, we'll get it done, et cetera, et cetera. Don't you think from the other side of the table, the, the guys in John Gruden and Mike Mayock, who, um, to use their words, will pound the table for Derek Carr, that if they wanted this thing done, it would have been done already? Uh, that's the part that's kind of fascinating to me. It feels to me like Gruden and Mayock smartly, smartly keeping their options open right. and not having to commit to a quarterback who is in his early 30s any sooner than they have to. Right. Every Everything that they have said about Derek Carr would imply they, they want to sign this guy to an extension because he's great. But every pretty, pretty much every action that they've had sort of implies the opposite, that they're not ready to be committed to him for longer than what his current deal is. And I am... Again, I am curious to see what happens this next offseason with Derek Carr because after this year, he will have one year left on his deal. And I'm curious to see if Gruden and Mayock respond to this season based solely on how Derek Carr plays or based on how the team performs and how far the team goes. Because, like, are they going to look at it and say, hey, Derek Carr was great even though we went 8-9, and nine. he had another great season, it's the defense's fault again, whatever, you're going to do something else? Or do they look at it and say, no, this team went eight and nine. Derek Carr's led this team to one playoff appearance in his entire career, even before Gruden got here. He, it's not his fault, but we've got to move on from him. I'm fascinated to see what the Raiders think of Derek Carr after this season if they don't make playoffs. Obviously, if they make the playoffs, it's a lot easier to extend the quarterback. But if they miss the playoffs again, how do they handle the Derek Carr situation? And the reason from the Raiders side, Tyler, that you don't make this contract extension deal now is to look at Peyton Manning and the Colts. And that's it. I, I, not, and don't get me wrong, do, do, do not clip this in a fancy way to make it look like <laughs> I'm comparing Derek Carr to Peyton Manning, but you end up with Peyton Manning out for an entire season, the Colts going completely in the tank, ending up with the number one pick, and looking at themselves and saying, my God, we have Peyton Manning, but we also have the chance to draft Andrew Luck. And so... Do you wish that for the Raiders? Of course you don't wish that for them. But if everything fell to crap for the Raiders this year and they ended up in position to draft a big-time quarterback in the top two or three in the draft, that's why you don't extend Derek Carr. Yeah, the other problem is they're too good to fall to crap, though. Like that That's one of the issues with the Raiders is they're, they're not bad enough to get that top five potential franchise-changing pick and they are good enough to actually be Super Bowl contenders and maybe not good enough again to even make the playoffs. Oh, no, they they are everything that you hate about sports because they live in the middle, <laughs> right? They live absolutely right in the middle where where we look at an 8-8 eight and eight season last year and it's being talked about as though it's progress, right? I mean, Tyler Bischoff lives in a world where you are either tanking or winning a championship, yes. and I'm not all that far off from you. Those are the only two ways to do it. And by the way, they did get in the top five one time, and they took Cleveland Furrow, who's going to be a really good inside pass rusher for the Raiders this year. All right, coming up next, I hope our Sharps paying attention. We had to move this up a little bit in the show, so I hope our Sharps paying attention. He won with a random soccer team yesterday. I'm excited to see what random soccer team he picks today. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Steven is back. He has had a great game plan here. He took a random tennis match. He took a random Champions League qualification game in July. So he is up to three. Steven, what is your pick for your fourth straight game? 
I'm getting into the Olympic spirit. I really like this women's Belgian team. I'm going to forget the minus 29 and just take the money line. Yes, that is what we like to do. Uh, what sport are we talking about? <laughs> this is a women's basketball in the Olympics. Okay, so Belgium's women's basketball team. Uh, who are they playing? I don't know. Okay, good enough. Good enough for me. Let yeah, me that's... let me just make sure they're, oh, they're actually... They're, they're playing Puerto Rico, I think. Okay, all right. So Belgium's women's basketball team... I'm going to take your word for it that they are actually playing today. And if they win, we'll be talking to you again tomorrow, Stephen. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good one. Oh, this is phenomenal. See, this is what I've been asking people to do this entire time. Because we are trying so hard to give this jersey away that you can find, find any damn sporting event that's going on, and we're good to go. It's a perfect plan. That's all we need from him. And now he's going with Belgium's women's basketball team. Hey, they beat Australia by 15. That's probably a good win. I think Australia is good at women's basketball. By the I, way, uh, Adam, I know you haven't paid much attention to the Olympics. Have you seen the women's basketball jerseys for the Australian national team? Nope. They're they're one pieces. Huh? Okay. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen on a basketball Like a romper? Floor. Yeah, it's like a one piece. It's bizarre. I don't understand what's happening there. I don't know why I don't know why Australia is the ones doing that, but it's the strangest thing I've ever seen. I'm just still stuck on someone saying quote I'm going to forget the minus 29 yeah what Adam we are trying to give away an Antonio Brown jersey and they've got to get nine in a row and nobody can do it okay I'm just listen we've we've been have we been over this with you I know we've been over this on the show plenty of times but nobody can do it oh I know no no I've I have listened to people come on here and just you know fire things at the wall um uh, I, I I just feel like you would almost be better served to to, to uh, I don't know, you know, hang the jersey outside the station. Let someone come grab it. No, okay, <laughs> listen, you're doing the same. Ed does the same thing every time we get a sharp. They get like two or three in a row, and they're picking massive favorites. And every single time, somebody loses. Every single time, like the Pirates beat the Dodgers or something stupid like that, and they lose every time. The Seattle Storm lost his, like, 20-point favorites in a WNBA game to ruin somebody's streak. It, it always happens. I have to be honest. I do admire someone's dedication to come on here for multiple straight days, finding the absolute largest favorite when they open up one of their <laughs> sports betting apps to get an Antonio Brown jersey. Hey, why not? It's a free jersey if you can find Belgium women's basketball, minus 29 against Puerto Rico. Why not? And now, you, Adam, now you got to watch Belgium and Puerto Rico. No, I think what I think what anybody should be doing with this whole thing is investigating how much money does it take to have one number replaced on a Raiders jersey because <laughs> you only would have to replace one number to turn this into a Tim Brown jersey in which case you would look like an OG. Yes, that would be the smart move to do here if you could get the one number replaced to have a Tim Brown jersey for free as opposed well, it I will say this, it depends on if you're a Raiders fan. Like, if Steven's a Raiders fan, then yeah, you'd rather have the Tim Brown jersey. If Steven doesn't like the Raiders, it's probably something like the reason Jared bought it. It's funny because it's an Antonio Brown Raiders jersey, even though he never played for the Raiders. As long as it comes back to something Jared did on a jokey whim. Well, okay, Jared, would you like to share with Adam the most recent jersey purchases you've made? I mean, okay, I have an Ngakwe uh, Jags jersey that I bought. Um, That's actually kind of cool. All right. 
I mean, I have a Bryce Petty Jets jersey. Um, I have a oh Draymond Green 2016 championship jersey. Uh, who else have I? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in there that are just like no. But see, the oh, Bryce Petty Brian, one is Brian fun. Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. That you know, you'd have been good if you had stopped right before that. Uh, the Bryce Petty one is fun because just a jersey that just says Petty on the back <laughs> with you wearing it is perfect. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, sometimes you got to add a bunch of crap to get up to the $50 free shipping. <laughs> and the Malcolm Subban jersey. Oh, yeah. I bought that. Well, I bought two of those. Before, and that was before he got traded. What do you got? He got traded like within, within the week. Yeah. Like right after you bought those. That mm-hmm. was, that was one of your best ever. To get, wait, wait, wait. To get up to the $50 free shipping from where? Goodwill? Hey, they don't advertise with us. I'm not giving them free, free time on the air. But let's just say an internet company that specializes in sporting goods. How much was the Bryce Petty jersey? Uh, Six dollars. Okay, I was go- I was going to be a little concerned for your well being if it had been more than like Ooh, ten. I bought a Trevor Simeon jersey for a friend of mine. That was seventeen. <laughs> Ooh, uh, I I also bought somebody a Brock uh, Osweiler uh, Browns jersey. Brown, he was on the Browns? Yeah, remember he got traded to the Browns for cap relief. If we stopped, if we don't say anything, will you keep coming up with jerseys for the next five um, minutes? I'm, maybe. <laughs> that actually was my plan. <laughs> Multiple Eric Hosmer uh, Royals jerseys. Um, for yourself? Well, for m- myself and my family. Will you just pass them around? You guys an Eric Hosmer fan club? No, we're just Royals. Like half the family's Royals fans, half the fa- family's Cubs fans. So, hold on, hold on. Were they Hosmer jerseys when he was with the Royals, or yes. is this after he already no, joined no, the Padres? No, no, no. Okay, yeah, no, no. I bought him when he was with the Padres. Okay, yeah, that was the key question. Yeah. you got him yeah. when he was with the Padres. Okay. I, so uh, just to be clear, you are only buying the jerseys of players who have left their teams at I'm going to say a minimum fifty percent discount. Minimum seventy five percent discount. Yes. It's an interesting strategy. It also, you always get to, oh, I have a, a Decker Houston jersey that I'm pretty sure I'm like, I don't, no one knows who it is. And I, I have to explain Wisconsin basketball to to people most of the time. Oh, Sam Decker. Oh, I, th- I thought this was an Eric Decker. So did I. Oh, okay. No, Sam Decker. It was, huh. I believe, $8. Is Sam Decker still on the Rockets? No, I, he's playing in, like, I want to say he's playing in Turkey, uh-huh. but I'd have to Google it. Sam Decker's greatest accomplishment in life is being married to Kevin Harlan's daughter. <laughs> I was going to say getting drafted in the first place, but yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, we are going to take a break a little bit early because coming up next, hopefully, we're going to talk to Darren Millard from Tokyo. Apparently, he's on a bus. Bus, yeah. Or was on a bus, but hopefully... We talked to Darren Millard from Tokyo. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Such perfect sound for Darren Millard, but he is not here because his calls went straight to voicemail. He's... In Tokyo, he's calling hand. What what is he calling? Handball and beach volleyball. I think was the other one. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, he's not answering the phone or he's going straight to the voicemail. So we don't know where Darren Millard is. We don't have Darren Millard, unfortunately. So instead, the NBA draft is tonight. More important than the players that are actually getting picked is who's going to get traded because Jason Dumas tweeted, source, the Sixers hope to trade Ben Simmons tonight. The asking price remains the same. The relationship seems to be over. It's not a matter of if anymore, but when. Uh, Adam, if you were running another NBA franchise, would you want to trade for Ben Simmons? If I had an elite scorer in my backcourt, yes. Otherwise, I would have an issue because the biggest problem for this Sixers team is that you don't have a guy who can just simply get buckets in a traditional NBA 2021 way. Right, Joel Embiid is a unicorn. He's absolutely a guy you can build around, but he requires a unique set of players around him, and Ben Simmons is not that guy. And here's the biggest problem. Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers agree. Like they, You, you could tell by the way they talked about this at the end of the year that this whole thing is done. So, yeah, I want a guy who can get to the rim. I want a guy who's one of the best defenders in the NBA. But do I want Ben Simmons if he has to be one of my primary scoring options? Absolutely not. So when you say the backcourt that can get a bucket, does it have to be like the Damian Lillard level? Or like, could it be what the Bucks did where it's Chris Middleton who does it for you in playoff games? Like, is that level good enough? It's much more Chris Middleton, right? Because what they tried to do was they tried to do this with Tobias Harris. And Tobias Harris is a full tier or two down from a guy like Chris Middleton. It just it is, it doesn't work. So if you're a team out there looking to acquire Ben Simmons, you got to be realistic about it, right? You have to be realistic about what he's going to be. He's never going to be a shooter, but he is an elite playmaker. He is an elite defender. Um, do you want to pay a guy like that at the level that it's going to require? Because really, what are you getting from Ben Simmons? You are getting a very similar skill set with, I would say, you know, significantly more driving ability and less versatility than Draymond Green. Draymond Green fits the Golden State Warriors to a T because you have two guys who can score at will. And so Draymond Green can do everything else. But on a team that needs scoring, Draymond Green wouldn't be a fit at all. All right. Do we have Darren Millard? Darren, are you in Tokyo talking to us now? I am in Tokyo. Am I talking to you? I'm eh, more just tolerate. I'm not sure we have conversations That's in fair. a traditional sense of a discussion. That's fair. Uh, how was your bus ride that you had to miss your normal 8.30 spot for? Uh, actually, I didn't uh, didn't make it, so I'm still at the uh, International Broadcast <laughs> You Center. missed the bus? Uh, yeah, I missed the bus. Oh. I missed the boat. I missed the bus. I missed the train. Is there... I, I pretty much missed everything. Hold on. Is there it's another just, uh, bus? Yeah, well, there's lots of... There's a, the bus every 20 minutes. Okay. I mean, isn't it like uh, 1.30? Around, around Is, here. Isn't it like 1.30 over there? Uh, it's coming up on 1 o'clock. Here's the thing. Um, because I have a company phone, I'm really scared to do anything off of the uh, off of the Wi-Fi, like <laughs> roaming charges. And the buses have, have, have Wi-Fi. But if our interview would have lasted too long and I had to get off the bus, I would have lost so I had to make sure I was either in my room or at the IBC before we did this hint. Well, it's, uh, because this I'm is too, a, again because uh, I'm too scared uh, of turning on the roaming charges <laughs> and having my boss uh, send me. You know, and he's probably listening right now. Hello, boss. You know what, Darren? This is amazing. I realized that the Golden Knights had cap issues. 
I didn't know it extended all the way to your cell phone roaming. Are, are, are we in danger no, of you putting the Vegas Golden Knights over the cap? No, no. It's, it has nothing to do with uh, with being able to afford it or, or a cap issue. It's just whether or not the boss gets the bill and looks at me and goes, what are you doing over there? You're not even working for us right now. <laughs> and uh, and they have to pay for it. So and Which means who would have to pay for it? Me. So I'm, I'm too cheap to do that. I'm too cheap to, to turn on the roaming thing to chat with you guys. Uh, Darren, for future reference, we would be yeah. perfectly okay with the entertainment of you on a bus and then all of a sudden the call having to drop out and hang up on us. <laughs> we would be Here's, perfectly okay with that. So, so when we, when, where you get off and on the uh, transportation area, uh, there's, there's a million buses uh, going in circle. And last night I had to run and get it. And it was at the end of a long day, and it's like 3 in the morning, and you're just fried after doing five water polo games and three beach volleyball games and just you're done and and i almost missed the bus and they held it for me at the side but i i was across the little circle where all the buses do their twirl around and and leave and i ran across uh let's just say a couple of security people were not happy with me and there was one bus driver who was really unhappy because he almost ran me over (sighs) and at that point i didn't care I'm like, get me on the bus and get me back to the hotel. <laughs> so hold on. Are you, I assume, you're allowed to go to that 7-Eleven now? That's not breaking your 14-day quarantine you had last time we talked to you? I got some sushi at the 7-Eleven today. And it's good. Okay. It's, it's, it's uh, quite good. Ja- okay, so if normally I'd hear 7-Eleven sushi and be a little bit afraid, but I, you're in I'm, Japan. I'm right with you, man. I'm right with you. But no, no. Tyler, the, the convenience stores in Japan... The food is outstanding. Really? I I ate breakfast exclusively over the course of two weeks in Japan at a 7-Eleven. Was was Chris Chapman said said, try the egg salad sandwich. And I'm like, whatever. Like, you're sending me to a convenience (laughs) store to have an egg salad sandwich and you're telling me it's good. Like, this is a setup. And and he was right. And you are totally correct. The food is outstanding. I, okay. All right. 7-Eleven sushi, but only if you're in Japan. We can. I can get behind that. So, all right. Help us out with uh, water polo here. How well can you mm-hmm. actually tell who each player is since all you can see is their head? Well, because they all wear the same color of cap. And then they have big numbers like uh, Herbie the Love Bug. Uh, wait, wait, wait! Too uh, long of a reference uh, for you. I got guys. that one. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we're doing that, there. But. Thank you. Like, remember the number on Herbie the Love Bug? Oh yeah, uh, it was big, enormous. Big circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, although I, I think it was forty-seven, I can't remember what uh, number Herbie was. Uh, but they have big numbers on, on the side of their heads, and the goaltenders wear red caps. So here, here's something fun that that I had never seen before, uh, and I've, I've watched about fifty-three, like, thirty-five. 35 water polo matches uh, here. Uh, a goaltender got an, ex- they call it an exclusion foul today. And he had to leave the net and go serve his 22nd penalty. And so it was a team Japan. And so the, uh, the Japanese team lined up four players in the net, <laughs> all with their arms up. <laughs> and, and the team that they were playing, uh, Camera who it was uh, couldn't score. They did. The goalie went. In, the, oh. the goalie went in. They allowed a goal. <laughs> so it was, it was the funniest thing. I couldn't stop laughing. 
So goaltenders are irrelevant in handball or in uh, water polo is what you're telling me. Just don't need <laughs> I, I'm them at all. I'm telling you, though, they're, they're really they're, – it's, it's a cool sport. It's vicious. It's really mean. Dave, uh, Dave Gosher used to play uh, club water polo, and he told me, he warned me, that it was, uh, it's a, a really physical, nasty sport. And then what, what I see is people have their hands above the water, and they're holding up their hands like, I'm not doing anything wrong, but they're really like, wrapping their legs and kicking people underneath. It's uh, it's mean. I I said last night after watching a game, I I stood up in the uh, in our section. I said I would I would get into a fight playing water polo because there's no way I'm taking that much stuff without like throwing a punch. I I still get beat up, but I I just wouldn't be able to control my temper like that. But you're you're in the you're treading water. It's dumber than fighting in hockey when you're on ice skates. You can't like actually fight. Oh yeah, there's elbows. Oh, I know. I know you can and... elbow, and I, I understand it's a violent sport. I'm saying you want to just like straight up fight somebody. You're treading water. You'll drown. Why not? Well, you can fight anywhere. Name a sport that you couldn't possibly fight. It may not be the best. Fight. That's it what I'm saying. Like it's not going to be an effective fight. No. Well, have you seen a basketball brawl? Those things are terrible. Right. If they if they were actually good at fighting, they'd be good fights because they're all <laughs> standing on the ground. Baseball brawls are awful. I, yeah. I I think of there's a water polo fight, so it's as good as a, as a baseball brawl. Uh, Darren, you talked about the the uh, the play in net and and the exclusion foul. Would Mark Andre Fleury be a good water polo goaltender? Uh, I would think that. Uh, he wouldn't take up enough space. That's one thing. Mm. Uh, he's, he's, he's rather slim. But uh, as fit as he is, I wouldn't put him past him to be able to uh, to play the sport. Um, how's like Quite the eventful uh, week uh, around town with Marc-Andre and that move, and then Lawrence Brassois coming in, and uh, the Alec Martinez. That's, uh, I've been following it uh, as closely as I can, and... Uh, I'm going to say this. I, as difficult as it is, compared to where Vegas was a year ago, and if you were going to move Marc-Andre Fleury after the bubble, you would have had to, one, eat salary, and two, throw something in. This, they cleared the cap space without having to throw anything in or uh, eat the cap space, which is... A real, real win, and and you're seeing how much value cap space has on, on the open market with the, the different deals that have been made. All right, Darren, we got to let you go because we got to go to break in about Why? 45. We got to go to break in for you. You ruined our this. roaming charges. Hey, we can't keep keep you on. Listen, when you come on Jared, at eight thirty, we always blow way too long through our eight thirty segment. But now we have a hard out. It's not a soft out. We have a hard out in like thirty seconds. Knows I don't pay attention to the clock. I'm aware. We're all aware of that. But yes, we have to let you Be go. Safe. I hope you find a bus back to your small hotel room. <laughs> Thanks, well, Darren. Well, there's Darren Millard out in Tokyo. Oh, I forgot. I forgot to ask him every time. I think he's only broadcasting it for a company in Canada. I don't think we can actually watch an event that Darren Millard is calling. But I keep forgetting to ask him that. But maybe he maybe he would stream it on his phone for us. Oh, that's always a fun way to do it.